It's good to see you guys this morning. Excited to uh, get to be together, especially after the last crazy couple of days of things going on. You guys must be the ones that are left. We, uh, <laughs> we, uh, uh, yeah. It's been it's been interesting the last couple of days, hasn't it? And uh, I know some of you are still. Any anybody still without power? Anybody still in that boat? Yeah, we got a few. Yeah, you got you guys. Let me guess. You guys are all the ones that are like, you know, when I grow up, I'm gonna move out to the country, right? <laughs> and uh, now now you're you're looking for a generator, right? And uh, some of you smell like a generator. Because you didn't realize it's supposed to go outside. Uh, don't let it don't let it kill you. Okay, so we're gonna have a uh, yeah we're gonna have a generator seating section starting next week if this continues on. Uh, take care of everybody. Let y'all smell together. Uh, man, uh, excited to get to share this passage. These passages. This uh, message this morning. Uh, if you are online, thanks for joining us. Uh, or listening uh, on a podcast or whatever, uh, and all of that that we just talked about is because we had a major power outage. If you're listening to this like 10 years from now, and it's like, you know, I have people tell me things like that. They're like, I, you know, I've been listening back through the messages since like, I've been listening to messages from like 2006, and I'm like, whoa, easy. You know, like there's better stuff out there. I can point you in the direction of other people too. You don't have to stick to, stick to this, but uh, anyway. Uh, now we're uh, we're in this series on proverbs and uh, life goals, and uh, you know this uh, this week's uh, uh, message is uh, is probably one of the things that is the most talked about uh, in the book of Proverbs, which drives me nuts because I wanna I wanna like take every piece of it and look at all of it for us, and we can't do that. Well, we could, but it, that would be its own series. Uh, you know, my understanding is uh, I saw one one commentator saying that uh, he had figured out there was at least 90, 90 different proverbs talking about just single, you know, line or two, you know, pieces of, of scripture out of the book of Proverbs. 90 of those are specifically to the subject that we're talking about today. Uh, and today we're talking specifically about our words uh, we're talking about our speech. We're talking about our tongue. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think the truth is, is we're all guilty of, of getting a little tongue-tied, uh, you know, with uh, how we use language, you know. And, 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 and honestly, it's not even just speech because, you know, when we're talking about words, uh, that comes into play for other things. I mean, that can be uh, something that we've written. That can be something that we've posted uh, that can be, you know, any, any number of things. But uh, either way, to understand that uh, there's a lot of power, you know, in in our words. And, and, I, and I think that uh, we don't realize just how powerful and, and truly meaningful words really are sometimes uh, until we see oftentimes maybe damage that is done by them. Uh, damage that we didn't intend to do, not things that we set out to say, oh, we're going to, we're gonna do that, I, you know. I'm and I'm I'm I might be the world's worst, you know. I have stuck my foot in my mouth uh, 
I mean, pretty much in like every situation that you can think of. Like, I think I've said terrible things when I've been visiting people in the hospital, when I've been trying to console people at a funeral home, uh, on stage. I mean, just go listen to those podcasts. They're out there. There's tons of them, I guarantee you. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, I think I think for us just to kind of, you know, contemplate for a little while, especially given... Uh, that the writers of Proverbs, you know, really put a lot of time and effort toward us understanding just how important of a goal it is for us to pay attention to, uh, you know, the words that we use and how we use them, I think, uh, is is huge for us today. So let, let's jump into this. If you've got a Bible and you want to get it out, we're going to the book of Proverbs. Surprise, surprise. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles and they will bring you one right now. Just throw your hand up and let them know uh, that you need it. Uh, McGee is on the ball. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, for bringing these things and and passing them out to everybody. Um, we uh, this this first passage. This first passage is Proverbs eighteen twenty one. This is. You know, and again, I, I, I said several weeks back, you know, we, we kind of, if you look at the book of Proverbs, it's really kind of like chapters 1 through 9 are like the understanding of wisdom, and then 10 through 31, it's just game on. Like all kinds of craziness all over the place. Sometimes it feels like there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, and so, you know, best to, to, to really, I think, to, and I think most people would agree with me, to teach uh, scripture uh, is to you know find topically the similar things. What are they saying? How they how do they connect together? How can we use those together? And so today we're using I don't know maybe forty five of the ninety or something like that. But anyway, we're going to get through them. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. It says this. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. It says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat." its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I, I think, I think again, we, we come back to this word power, and, and we have to be reminded, uh, I think if we go back through our lives and we think about moments where um, things have happened, so to speak, uh, especially between us and other people, somewhere in there involved were words. Now, they could have been good things, could have been the day that you said, I do, you know, and, uh, you know, or it could have been uh, the day that you said something that you've regretted ever since. And either way, those words, the power of those words and the meaning behind those words have had a lasting effect in your life and possibly in the lives of people around you. In fact, if you go back and you think about uh, things, you know, and, and I don't want to spend all morning like being focused on, uh, you know, hurtful things or whatever, but I mean, I think that that's an easy thing for us to go to. If you go back in your life and you think about the times that you've been hurt by people and you could say things like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And the truth is, if I ask you, tell me about a moment in your life when you got hurt more than likely that will come with words that were said that you still remember as clear as day. And it could have been a long time ago. Could have been words that you heard said to someone else that caused you to be that way. It could have been a family member. It could have been somebody in some uh, form of leadership in your life. It could have been just a close friend. 
that you never would have imagined would have said or done something like that. Proverbs 12.18, Proverbs 12.18, and I'll tell you we're going to bounce, so just be ready. Proverbs 12.18, it says this, it says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So uh, the tongue of the wise brings healing. That's, I mean, that's, man, that's great. That's where we want to be, right? Especially as believers who are following Jesus and we see what Jesus came and did. I mean, take for a moment, take for a moment the, the ministry of Jesus and how intentional his words were. The brother didn't waste words we're guilty of wasting words right i mean you know sometimes just to be silly and not that that's all bad okay you know one of my favorite things is to listen to comedians we some of the guys uh and i went this week from church Uh, we got bible study group from tuesday night and some of them plus some of our micro guys whatever uh micro church guys we went uh to hear one of my favorite comedians and um i love it as a, as someone who speaks, I'm constantly like dissecting how's he, you know, how's the delivery of that working, you know, and uh, I, I find I find it to be fascinating. I you know, I hear guys like Jerry Seinfeld talk about, you know, comedians and and the art of a joke and how it's told and all those kinds of things. I totally totally geek out on that kind of stuff, uh, you know. But but the truth is, if we look at Jesus, he doesn't mince words. He's very specific. And he's very uplifting. He builds us up. Now, at times, he also says things that were very controversial, right? And are still controversial in this day and age. You know, things that you know a lot of people don't want to hear or whatever it is. But the truth is, is what we see is we see this example for us to speak truth with love and care for others. And that's what we see Jesus do. Versus what we see in Proverbs twelve eighteen, well, he we see we see Jesus in the second part. But the tongue of the wise brings healing, you know, right? But then in the first part of eighteen, it says there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, sword thrusts. Now, you know, that's 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 a little, you know, we don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about swords, right? I know. You know, maybe some of you do. That'd be really weird. You know, some of you, some, somebody in here has probably got the hobby. You're collecting swords right now, and you got a whole room full of them at your house. That's great. Okay, we're we're happy for you. Uh, you know, we're not gonna call you weird. It's just interesting. Okay, uh, but um, I was with a, I was with a friend of mine yesterday, uh, one of the guys in our church uh, who lived a life before he was a believer that they could make movies about. And um, we were riding down the road, and we got in this conversation. It was funny because I'd already been thinking about this passage of Scripture and all that, and, and he got to talking about things in life that he maybe wished hadn't happened to him. You know, he was like, I don't have regrets you know, or any of that. He's like, but, you know, I was a different person back then, Chris. He said, I'd do, I'd do bad things, and, and I really just, it was like I didn't have a conscience. Of course, he didn't know Jesus then. Um, and, you know, he, he said, and somebody asked me a while back, you know, what would I, what would I take out? of my life, of things that happened to me, if I could take some things away. And he said, well, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe being shot and being stabbed. That'll kind of tell you the kind of life he had, okay? 
Uh, and he's a great guy, by the way. Uh, loves the Lord. And uh, but um, you know, I, and so it made me it made me ask a question. Then I was like, you know what? I've got an opportunity to ask a question right now that pertains to this message that I don't know who else I would ask. You know, and so I was like, what was it like to be stabbed? Can you tell me more about that, you know? And so then we got in this conversation, we went a little further, and it was like, you know, t- wh- which was worse? Which was worse, being shot or being stabbed? And he's like, I've never been asked that before, you know? And I was like, well, I'm sure you haven't, you know? He's not just forthcoming with that information with everybody. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, he talked about the pain and the ongoing pain that it has brought to his life you know, for these wounds that are a part of his body forever. And I think that that's, that's purposefully the wording here, because this is worded here at a time when they didn't have guns, right? When the sword was the weapon of choice, right? And so there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, is trying to help the reader to understand that oftentimes the words that we use leave not only a mark, but hurt possibly forever. And I think that that's important for us today. And and for those of us that have been hurt, I think we can see that. We're like, yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Totally leaves a wound, totally hurts long term. Always see it there, have this reminder. Mind always goes back to that day when that thing happened, right? Proverbs 13.3 says this. It says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips come to ruin. Words can be life-taking, right? Or life-saving. Verse 3 right there. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. It's not it's not an accident of the, of the words that are being used here. You go back to the, the very first verse we checked out. Remember it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then now we're here, and whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide, his lips come to ruin. It's a warning. It's a don't fall into that trap. Don't just, you know... Go on, run in your mouth, on and on and on, and say something that's going to be hurtful, possibly hurt you too, hurt people around you. There's a lot of meaning. Sticks and stones may break my bones, doesn't fly. And we know that. I was doing some counseling this week with a couple, and uh, we got to talking about specifically like, you know, uh, pleasing others and and people saying things about you and one one of the people in the couple was talking about they're just being open like you know one of them was like you know I get very hurt you know by things that people say about me and the other person was like I don't really care you know if somebody says something about me and that kind of thing you know and and I think I think that on some level we do all care you know, we may not be as hurt. Some people may not be as hurt to find out that somebody said something about them. But at the end of the day, I think that we all care that people know who we are and what we stand for. And if that's been contorted and turned backwards or something, then 
that alone becomes hurtful. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Whoever opens wide his lips comes to ruin. So we've seen some stuff here about how our words can be life-taking. Let's, let's look at a little bit of, of how our words can be life-giving. Can we do that? Proverbs 15.4 says this. Proverbs 15.4 says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perseverance in it breaks the spirit. Perseverance. Perseverance. Perverseness. Sorry. I knew I was getting it wrong, and I was like, wait a second. Perverseness. Thank you. We'll start getting together every uh, Saturday evening and go over these things. <laughs> but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. Just, just me reading that, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, immediately makes me think about people in my life who have spoken great things into my life, who have encouraged me, who have loved me well, who have built me up. You know, I, I think about it. In fact, I, I saw one of the guys that uh, uh, I used to go to church with a long time ago. His dad passed uh, here a year or two ago, and uh, he, his, he posted something about his dad passing. And his dad, his dad spoke some amazing things into my life when I was a very, very young minister, 20, 21, 22 years old. He pulled me aside. This man... Uh, who just was an amazing guy and had done a lot of things in life when it came to uh, the company he owned and how he had led others uh, in great ways, you know, and then, and then to pull me aside as this kid and, and to speak these words into my life that I really feel like the Lord, and he would, he would have said this too, and in fact he did say it because we, we had a conversation at, at the Olive Garden uh, before he passed one day when I just happened to see him. And and I thanked him for what he did. I thanked him for the for the for the role he had played in my life. I said, I don't know if you realize just how instrumental you were in my life for you to say the things that you said to me way back then. And he said, Chris, I'll just guarantee you, it, it was the Lord speaking through me. And uh and obviously I saw in you, and he said, Not not surprised because I've always felt like God was going to use you in some great way, and, and I just felt like I needed to tell you. And he did. You know, and, and it just, it's this reminder of like how great, how life-giving. You know, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. A tree of life. This is, this is Genesis stuff right here, right? I mean, that, this, is, this is awesome. This is crazy just how good God can be through others to encourage us toward the kingdom you go on proverbs 10 11 says this proverbs 10 11 says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence so obviously we don't want to fall into the category of having the mouth of the wicked which conceals violence right <coughs> excuse me the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. That's where we want to be. We want to be someone who are involved and engaged in the lives of others that's helping pushing them toward Jesus. That's helping to build them up. 
you know, I was with somebody this week and, you know, they were talking about, uh, you know, they were talking about their business and I'd gone to visit them to pick something up from them and, and uh, I just looked around and I was seeing literally his business, his setup and everything. And I said, man, this makes me so happy that you are doing well. And he said, man, I, I really appreciate you saying that. And this is somebody I know from outside of church stuff. And, and I said, well, yeah. I said, man, I, I, I'm always excited to see my friends succeed in things in life. I, I, want, I want to see people do well, you know? And, and, and we should be a people that that is constantly on our minds, that we're cheerleaders to those people that God has put in our lives, you know? I'm excited to see the things that are going to happen in the lives of, of some of the people, even some of the people within our church. I, you know, I, I, we've got all kinds of people doing all kinds of things. I get excited about those things, especially when they share these little business ideas with me or they share the song that they wrote or the, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, that's like some of my favorite stuff. Like, how awesome is that? The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. We have an opportunity to be used by the Lord with literally nothing but our words to help give life to people that live in a world that's they're used to the world that they live in just sucking the life out of them every time they turn around, right? And that's not who we're called to be because it's not who Jesus was. Jesus came to give life. And we, as believers, are light to the world, called to give life and share that life with others. Proverbs 16, verse 27, kind of changes gears a little bit, and it takes us to another example of what words can do, and it says, A worthless man plots evil, and his speech is like a scorching fire. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends worth worthless man plots evil his speech is like a scorching fire dishonest man spreads strife and a whisper separates close friends this is the reminder that in just the blink of an eye our words can do something hurtful this was me one day a few years ago i didn't even know i did it i didn't mean to do it I wish I could take it back. I can't. I had a friend that I ran into, uh, old friend, grew up together, friend. He and I did some of the funniest things together growing up. And believe it or not, I had, I had just shared a story of something that he had done when we were together when we were kids, older kids, whatever, teenagers. And, uh, and then we ran into each other. And we just kind of pulled up, cars pulled up next to each other. Hey, how's it going, man? It's so good to see you. I don't see him very often. I was excited, so excited to see him because I had just told this silly story of something that he did. And, and, I, and you know, he, he real quickly was ready to tell me something. And he started to tell me that his father wasn't doing well. And I said, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, man, I'll, 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 be, I'll be praying for him, you know. And, and then he said, no, he's... He's really not doing well. And I said, okay. He said, I, man, I really, I, I, will, I will definitely keep that in mind. Let me know if I can do anything. 
I had somebody with me. I can't remember who it was, maybe one of the kids or something. But, I, again, I was so excited to see him. And because I had shared this story, I immediately wanted to jump into telling him. And I just, I was just telling the story at church about such and such and when this happened and all that. And uh, I was reading the situation wrong. And some of it may not be my fault. It is what it is. But uh, I was reading the situation wrong. And he was not ready to have a laughing conversation. And truth is, is I didn't really understand how bad his dad was in that situation either. Um, and so I went on to tell, you know, telling the story and all this, and I'm yucking it up, and he's and he's and he's laughing with me or whatever. But looking back on it, I don't think he was like really laughing with me. And from that day forward, and it took me a while of piecing some things together and someone talking to him, kind of on my behalf because he wouldn't talk to me. Uh, you know, piecing it together that basically, you know, I, I deeply offended him, and he thought that I didn't care about his dad, which of course is not true. Um, loved his dad very much. His dad since his past. Um, you know, but it's this reminder. And again, you can say, Chris, not your fault, whatever. And I, and I, I believe that there is some truth to that, that it's not completely my fault. I messed up. You know, friends show each other grace, those kinds of things. I, I, I get all the things. But it is still this reminder that not, not everybody's there, number one, but number two, that our words can so quickly be so hurtful, sometimes even when we don't want them to be, and they can divide us. This actually goes a little separate, a little uh, separate, I'm reading the word there, uh, a, little, a little bit further in that it actually talks about another piece of that, and it says, and a whisper separates close friends, and that is actually specifically talking about gossip. And by the way, uh, and, and this definitely has to be a part of this message, you know, by the way, throughout the book of Proverbs, so many times the, the talk of speech and, and the tongue and how we use our words is directed in the direction of please don't fall into gossip. It is a, you know, a warning, a, a begging, a don't go there kind of thing. Um, you know, and I think we understand why. I mean, gossip just, I mean, it absolutely tears, it, it does what it says right there. A whisperer separates close friends. Separates close friends. It separates us. Drives a wedge between us. It'll do that to a church in a heartbeat. You know, let something run wild in a church for a hot I can't, I can't tell you how many times as the son of a pastor that I watched my dad over the years not be able to tell someone the truth because it wasn't his place to actually share the truth about something going on in somebody's life and instead him just have to take it on the chin as if he or someone else had done something wrong and he would just, you know, try to love those folks through those moments. And, and I've been in a couple of those situations myself where it's like, you know, just because someone is spreading something and they think is true and you know what the truth is doesn't mean I have the right to just go, well, hey, come here, I want to talk to you about what really the truth is. Let me tell you all these intimate details about these people's lives. I can't do that. And Satan loves this stuff. He loves it. And to be honest with you, I feel like, I feel like for the most part, we've been fortunate as a church to not have to deal with just an incredible amount of this kind of stuff like so many churches struggle with at times. Uh, but, it, but we've not been immune, too. 
And, and if nothing else, the Scriptures are to help guide us and direct us and to keep us from falling into those things. So may that warning be what it is and stand there for us today. A whisperer separates close friends. We do not want that as a part of the body of Christ. Furthermore, to go in with the lies versus the truth stuff, Proverbs 29, verse 5 says this. It says, A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Proverbs 12, 17, Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. We see Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. We see him actually take a moment to just explain, uh, I think, to his disciples, but probably to, really to anybody that was hearing and would listen, uh, this understanding of the whole, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You know, don't get into this, you know, back and forth or whatever, but just, but just be a person of truth. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness utters deceit. This is, uh, this is hard sometimes. We talked last week about friendship and uh, the importance of friendship and how much friendship is in Proverbs is crazy, right? Uh, and we didn't cover all of it. Uh, we covered a lot of it. Um, but, you know, one of the things about friendship is that, you know, as friends, real friends will tell each other the truth, even when we don't want to, right? And it actually makes us a bad friend, and you could even argue maybe even an enemy if we're not willing to tell that person the truth, the thing that they need to hear. That doesn't mean that we, you know, have, you know, the permission to, you know, uh, do so in some destructive way, in some uncaring way. We're, we're called, and we talked all through that uh, great deal last week, uh, we're, we're called to do that with love and, and being careful with one another, loving one another through those moments and, and hurting together even that, you know, we might hurt with a person while we're telling them something. Uh, surely you've been in one of those situations at some point in the life in life. Proverbs 17, verse 4 says, An evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. An evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. This goes back to uh, uh, probably some of the gossip thing, okay? And, and some of that's in there, uh, you know. But, you know, we've we got to be careful who we listen to. And we've got to be careful what we're listening to. Because our listening to someone of a moment that is gossip, let's just go that direction with it, doesn't make us necessarily any better than them. In fact, if anything, we, we should be people who call those things out and say, hey, wait a second, I know you're telling me this about them, but have you talked to them about this? You know, when somebody comes to you and tells you something that's just the juiciest flavor of the month about somebody else and all, oh, you know what they did. You know, uh, the first thing you should do is stop them and say, hey, have you, have you talked to them about that? You know, Scripture gives us clear guidelines 
this is always the most interesting thing and has been specifically the most interesting thing when I have gotten to deal with gossip as a pastor within our church over the last many years. Uh, the most interesting piece has been when, when, to me, has been when people have come to me and said, well, do you know that so-and-so did this? And I'd say, well, um, okay, have you talked to them about that? Well, no, I'm not going to talk to them about that. And I'm like, okay. Well, let's just talk for just a minute about what Scripture says. And Scripture says to go to your brother if he's wronged you and to have a moment there. I said in that moment, you know, one of the things I've, I've gotten to explain this so many times, I've uh, memorized it just about, I think. You know, that moment there isn't just to allow them to explain themselves. That moment there is for them to have a chance to repent if they did do wrong, for them to repent and say, you know what, you're right. And I, I did wrong. And I, I'd ask that you'd forgive me. You see the gospel in that? Versus the gossip version, right? Where we just tear each other down and talk bad about each other, but man, we had a juicy story to tell and we had a good laugh about it, Right? We just have to be careful with that stuff. And we need to push people toward what the Scripture says about how to handle those types of things. John 8, 44 says this. It says, you are, uh, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in, tr in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And this is Jesus, and he's calling someone out for this very stuff. Lies, gossip. He's saying, this is from the devil. This is from the devil, and he, he not only, it's not only from him, this is his specialty. This is his specialty. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, and he is a liar and the father of lies. Man, we don't, we don't want to get into that. We don't want to be a part of that. We don't want to fall into that. And man, it's it's so easy. Listen, we we've all been there. We've all this is this is something that I know that we've probably all struggled with at some point in time. We've all said something. I can think of things that I've said even not that long ago that I'm like, man, I shouldn't have said that about that person. Even even sometimes joking around or whatever. We just got to be careful. We just got to be careful. You just never know. Furthermore, this passage, if you flip it and where it goes before John eight thirty one, John eight thirty one says this. It says so. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I believe that. I believe that statement. It's funny, I was in a situation not long ago, and somebody asked me, and this is not a, this is not a group of believers I was talking to, uh, but some folks that have become friends, and there was a situation, and they told me about the situation. They said, 
you know, they looked and they they kind of already been talking about how to handle it. And then they looked at me and they weren't really going to handle it the way I would maybe, but, um, or the, at least the way I think I'd like to think that I would. And, uh, and they said, what do you think? I said, I think you tell the truth. And they were like, oh, well, that'll be messy. And I said, well, there's a little statement that I think is true. And they were like, what's that? And I said, that the truth will set you free. And they were like, oh, yeah, we should have known you'd say something like that. <laughs> I said, well, you know, not always thinking that way. I'm a sinner like everybody else. I do dumb stuff like everybody else. But the truth is, is that we need the truth. And we need to stand in the truth at all times. At all times. God's Word is the truth, folks. That's why we go to it. That's why we, you know, we, we, there has to be, there has to be some like common, you know, uh, ground, some uh, foundation to it all, right? Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? You know, we just you got some truth over there. you got some truth over there. Your truth is good for you. Your truth is good for you. Two completely different things. Okay, well, you just go live your life. And what about, what about the rest of it? Do we believe just some of it? Do we believe all of it? Do we trust in the Lord to guide us through it? To help mold us and shape us to be the people He's called us to be? And here, here comes... The real issue, Luke 6, 45 says this. It says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Read it again. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Your heart's going to lead you. What's your heart look like? I don't know. <laughs> What's really in your heart? What's really going on in there? What, what, are the, what are the real desires of your heart? Psalm 141 verse 3 says, Set a guard. O oh Lord, over my mouth, keep a watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds in company with men who work iniquity, and let me not eat of their delicacies. I love how it starts out there. Set a guard, O oh Lord, over my mouth. Like David there is praying, he's singing, God, please put, literally put a guard. We're talking about like the guy who was the king and had won the wars and had been the soldier of all soldiers, right? And here he is saying, God, put a guard at my mouth. Not, not at my bedroom door, not at the castle gate my mouth set a guard O Lord over my mouth keep watch over the door of my lips do not let my heart incline to any 
evil, David understood that the heart is what guides the mouth. It's amazing what bitterness will do to somebody, isn't it? We've all at some point struggled, struggled with bitterness, I'm sure. And whenever that's been, you play these scenarios out in your mind, don't you? Well, if that person ever says anything to me about that, I'm going to let them have it, right? We'll be ready. Oh, man. You see what the heart does, right? The heart leads us astray. It's sinful. It's a sinful heart. Don't follow your heart, okay? I've said it many times. We won't make a big deal out of it today. If you have it written on your wall at home, you might want to take it down. I know it's a nice southern thing to say, but find something else like, I don't know, yeehaw or something. I don't know. James 1.19 says this. James 1.19, and this, this speaks to if the heart is not right. It says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We need God to help us with our hearts so that we will be capable of doing that right there. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Ephesians 4.29 says this. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And this, you know, verse just oozes the gospel. First we see, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but then it real quick goes to what it can do, but only such as is good for building up, building one another up as fits the occasion, and it may give grace to those who hear that we get to be a part of the process of God building people up and encouraging them and to receive grace. You see that? That it may give grace to those who hear. We have an opportunity to be a part of the gospel being played out in people's lives. Luke 10 says this, and he answered, verse 27, and he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and, you, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Do this, and you will live. Where's your heart today? Does it belong to the Lord? Does it belong to bitterness? Does it belong to lies? Does it belong to that murderer, the devil? God doesn't want it to belong to anybody but Him. He so longs for it to belong to Him that He sent His only Son to die. And as we sang just a few minutes ago, that when we see the cross, when we saw the cross, 
he saw the empty tomb. He already knew what the end would be. And the end would be that he would defeat death on our behalf and that he would forgive literally anybody that would believe in him. And if you've never believed in him today, may I encourage you to trust in him with your life. Pray to him, maybe here in a moment when we pray, and ask him to save you, to forgive you, to make you new. And for those of us that are already believers today, we're, we're recognizing maybe just through some of the scriptures, there are so many more through some of the scriptures just in this one book alone of how important it is for us to not get tongue-tied in such a way where our words are hurtful to people, but instead we are people who build others up and they get to experience the grace of God through our kindness, through our encouragement, and that God wants to use us in that way. Let's pray together. God, help us be the people that you've called us to be. Plain and simple. Help us to be a people, Lord, who don't leave wounds in the lives of others like others have done to us. We don't want to do that. Lord, may our words be full of grace, be full of mercy, as your words have been for us, life-giving to us. God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of of that process in the lives of others. And God, I lift up anyone right now to you that's never trusted in you, believed in you to be their Savior, that today might be the day. God, I pray that right now, Lord, that they would cry out to you, God, save me today. Save me. Make me new. Forgive me. I am yours. Do a great work in their life, Lord. Save them. Change them. Give them new life today. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you for his willingness to take our place in death on a cross, feeding it for that empty tomb. God, thank you for all you do for us, especially him. We ask all of it in his name. Amen.